Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Sportscast. The NFL is officially back and week one is in the books. And is it too soon to say the Cleveland Browns are back? In what's set up to be a quarterback duel for the ages became a knock-em-out, drag-em-down battle of attrition, defensive prowess, and old-school running game of which your Cleveland Browns came out on top in every phase. In what could not have been a better start to the year, I do have one lingering doubt, but a kicker sure isn't one of them. And we'll break down the rest for you next on The Burning River Sportscast. Don't look at strawberry like that. (laughs) (laughs) Big sex. (laughs) A lot of 69s going on. It's pretty weird. He said Kappa lost his Kappa there and Taki Taki made the tackle tackle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Nick Chubb is God's gift to man. Period. That's true. I mean, I'm not going to argue. If you aren't just soaking this in as a Browns fan, oh, every I thought week, you were going to say if you aren't just soaking wet right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Goodman is, without a doubt, the greatest American actor of all time. If there was a Mount Rushmore of actors, American actors, it would just be four John Goodman faces straight in a row. <laughs> Absolutely, I can't argue with that whatsoever. Did you call them the Forty Niners, like the Horny Niners, like Forty? I, I don't think I did, but maybe I did. 49er, 69er? Yeah, I, right. maybe. Here we go, brownies, here we go. Roof, roof. Welcome into the Burning River Sportscast, presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by the Cleveland Browns Fan Cruise. I'm your host, Kenny Thunder, joined again by my cast of thousands, including the recently circumcised Red Hot Ronnie Jams and our trusty board op who rode here on a horse with no name, the Big Bone Man. Big Bone, how's it hanging? Oh, it's hanging long and uh, and heavy. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, got, it's got graphics to start. Back to Red Hot. Two questions. Yes. If you could talk to one former Browns player this week, any player on the planet, who would it be? Big John Hughes, no question. <laughs> okay, number Absolutely. number two. Um, if you were as big as Big John Hughes, what's the first thing you'd go do? Oh man, um, I don't know. You put me on the spot. You don't know. He doesn't know. If what I was as doing. big as Big John Hughes. I probably. If you were just a mass of humanity, you could do anything you wanted. I'd probably sumo wrestle you. That seems like a weird thing to do. 
because <laughs> you're the biggest man I know. <laughs> this, this is no longer fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to? Um, you afraid you'll lose? I think what I would do is like dress Christine up in skimpy clothes, and then whenever anybody looked at her, I'd <laughs> just beat them into hey, the ground. Hey, what are you looking <laughs> at? You looking at my girl? You looking don't, at Don't look at her. Don't be looking. Don't look at her. Don't look at strawberry like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What just happened? By the way, I want my foreskin back. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Oh, man. But anyways, you can find our podcast wherever you get our podcast, wherever you get podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, the only place that you can find our video podcast. Uh, and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, our handle for all of those uh, social medias is at Burning River Sportscast and we are also on X the artist formerly known as Twitter uh, with the handle Burning River Pod while you're at it go ahead and check out our merchandise www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop we've got shoes hats mugs mouse pads shirts shorts flags phone cases and so much more the cruise line has dropped so you can get yourself ready for the Cleveland Browns swim trunks hell yes uh, so make sure you check that out along with everything else that we drop actually we'll probably have a new drop this week uh, because you know Cleveland is Cleveland Cleveland is Cleveland um, anyway, so we got a big show planned for you tonight. Uh, interview with uh, the Pittsburgh Browns backers, uh, Browns backers or- organization located behind enemy lines in Pittsburgh. How do they survive? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, we have the week one recap of the Browns slaughtering the Bengals. Uh, we've also got an interview with another Browns alumni that will be joining us on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise in the second half of the show. Uh, today's guest, Big John Hughes. Big John Hughes. No, it's like I saw the future. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, and then finally, we're going to uh, preview the week two matchup, Monday night football matchup with the Schittsburg Steelers. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the Burning River news story of the week. Good energy today, guys. Good energy. Man, we are lit to start some Good energy. Feeding off of it. Okay. So as of 9-6, that's September 6th, the... the Nice. I like that you uh, you put the bombers, the Bronx bombers. Uh, they've won they won four straight games leading up to that date, uh, as well as seven of their last eight. And the hot streak has gotten their record back up to five hundred. So as of nine six, they were sixty nine and sixty nine. Uh, this is a special moment because it's the first time that they were sixty nine and sixty nine since nineteen sixty nine. Sixty nine inception. Big sex. <laughs> a lot of 69s going on. It's pretty weird. Uh, so it's an extra sexual day there in New York. <laughs> um, and everybody should be 69ing. <laughs> Wine them, dine them, 69 them. Hell yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, top of the morning to you. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry. My Irish came out. I came back from Ireland and I, I, for, I forgot. Good morning, Thomas Shelby. Yeah. All right. Um... Anyways, that takes us to the week one recap. All right, so the Cleveland Browns destroyed the Cincinnati Bengals in the 100th edition of the Battle of Ohio. The score of that game, 24-3. to The Cincinnati Bengals offense, led by Joey B, 
the same Joey B that went 14 of 31 for 82 yards, no touchdowns, and is now 1 and 5 against the Browns. Jamar Chase and all his shit talking got him nowhere. Five receptions, 39 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon was the only semi bright spot for them. 13 carries, 56 yards, uh, looked solid. Uh, but basically, their offense was ass in this game, and our defense ass. dominated. Uh, so. I'm, I'm kind of we're doing things a little bit different this year. I'm going to run through the stats pretty quickly, and then we'll, we'll just have some discussion around the game. Um, so the the Bengals defense here, three sacks, uh, did force one turnover, maybe two. I think it was two. Forced two turnovers, um, and then their special teams. Evan McPherson was one of two on field goals. Scored the only points for the Bengals uh, because they just they they're not very good. No, um, at least not not yet. Um, <clears throat> that takes us to the Cleveland Browns, our offense led by Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was 16 of 29 for 154 yards, one touchdown, one interception, five carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. So a little bit more rushing prowess uh, than our former quarterback, Baker Mayfield. But other than that, it was pretty much a Baker Mayfield game. Jacoby Brissett was our former quarterback. Uh, obviously, before that. Um, the the guy that, that Deshaun Watson is replacing. Um, he replaced Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> did Why? he not? Did Why? he not? Yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Captain. Um, next up, the man. Like, I don't know what else I could say about Nick Chubb. He just, if I, I don't know. He's the best it's, there is. He's the best there ever was. Uh, 18 carries, 106 yards, four receptions for 21 yards, which is really cool. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but the fact that they're getting him... Involved with the passing game more. Uh, he did lead all Browns in receptions. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Jerome Ford spelled him in this game. He did have another fumble. He's not looking good. So the more Jerome Ford fucks it up, uh, the more we're going to see <laughs> Nick Chubb get, get carries. Yeah, so. that's definitely a concern heading into the rest of the season. I don't what, think so. What they what they do at back or running back. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's a concern. But uh, for me, it's, it's uh, the opposite of a concern because it means more Nick Chubb. So, okay. Uh, the wide receivers uh, uh, more showed up uh, or showed some flashes in different parts of the game, uh, but it was tough to get the passing game going in this with all the rain and nobody eclipsed 50 yards. So there's that. Um, but the defense, the defense was the star of this game. Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz. Hell yes. They looked phenomenal. A lot of energy from start to finish. Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz was running up and down the sidelines, helping to keep that energy at a high level. They were confident, they were disruptive, and they were relentless. Uh, so I hope this is what they look like every week, because if they do, the Cleveland Browns are going to be a problem The whole this problem. Year. Uh, definitely the whole problem, and that's regardless of what the offense looks like, because this defense was stellar. Um, and that defense was led by Miles Garrett. Uh, him and Agbo both were able to get a sack. Uh, Garrett was all over the place. He rushed from inside linebacker four times in this game. Um, on those four rushes, he had a sack, and then the other three plays, Joe Burrow threw incompletion. So just to put that into perspective, he had only uh, 21 inside linebacker snaps in his previous six seasons. Um, so he, he, you know, this is if this is the usage we're going to get, I love it. I love the creativity from Jim Schwartz uh, moving him around. Um, and Miles says this is now the standard for the defense. So a um, couple more stats, and then we'll get to talking about the game here. Um, yeah, you guys could jump in. This is, I, stats are taking too long. Let's just, let's just talk about it. So as you see fit, just jump in. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, here's my takeaway from the game. Um, this defense – 
like you said, played phenomenally. Um, the defensive line, I think, was the biggest thing that stood out to me because it wasn't just Miles. Miles looked great, and they did have him all over the field, which is cool. Um, I think he relishes Crossover the opportunity dribble. to, <laughs> to um, rush from the inside a little bit, uh, whether it was from a, a linebacker spot or from uh, right up on the nose tackles uh, there. So um, just having him move around. But uh, the, the other thing is the other guys that on, the, on that cast of defensive linemen now are players. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, Joe Mixon is a good running back, um, not necessarily a great one, but um, they didn't have a ton of, of trouble containing him during the day. Um, I would say the other thing that stuck out to me, um, which I just have not seen with the Cleveland Browns team um, in my lifetime, and maybe this was just me, you have to you know, watch for this in the next couple of weeks as well, but um, pursuit angles. Uh, this was the most yeah. disciplined team I've ever seen with pursuit angles to the ball um, as they tried to get the ball around the edge a couple of times or tried to swing passes and things to Jamar and T. Higgins. and um, th- It was it was just, they were, they were beeline to the ball. This wasn't um, a bunch of guys that were just trying to stay out and stay um, you know in the area of Katane. No, this was attack the football, uh, which is a huge difference from what we've seen over the Browns defense for the last few years. And it's actually a really good point because the, the next person I want to bring up up here and highlight on this defense was Grant Delpit. Um, absolutely showed up in this game. Sure did. Was literally everywhere. Um, eight tackles, one pass defense, one QB hit, one tackle for loss. Um, and we finally, finally saw the Delpit that we've been waiting for. And and I think the rest of the secondary played well, too. I mean, I think they fed off of each other because Zell looked fine coming off concussion. He looked great in coverage a couple of times. Yep. I mean, those receivers were tied up all day long. Um, Emerson continues to make plays. He almost had that pick on the sideline there with the, the toe drag. Um, so I just a lot of optimism, I think. And this was without uh, Juan Thornhill, who, who was a late scratch Um playing at all in this game so uh, uh mcleod came in and, and played quite a bit at the other safety which was, was um, crazy because when we first picked up mcleod right um at that time we didn't have Juan thornhill and we were all excited about him being the starter yeah uh so i mean the depth on this team and you you pointed out there with him coming in and we don't miss a beat because we've got a phenomenal backup uh playing free safety for us that can that can step in when Juan thornhill goes down and yeah i mean it was just it was amazing and, Amazing to and see. I, and I think with that cast, I think with the defensive line, if they can apply pressure like that all year, like you said, they're going to be a problem because it's going to give those defensive backs time to get in position. Um, and they can play aggressive, and jump can, routes. Absolutely. Um, and then I think the other really good, you know, the positive for the defense in this game is um, – the linebackers were where they were supposed to be. I'm not going to talk about like this is the best linebacking crew I've ever seen in, in football, but there wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't like these guys are a deficit. Like, this where week. the hell did that guy go? Yeah, like, I mean, Taki Taki JOK played played well. Um, yeah, we even had a Taki Taki call out by whoever was commenting the game. Um, oh, that was the best <laughs> call out. I sent it to you. Um, he said, uh, "What did he say?" He said. Uh, what was the guy? Kappa. He, was, he said uh, Kappa lost his Kappa there, and Taki Taki made the tackle tackle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. It was one of the best calls I've heard in a while. Um, you know, that being said, this, de- this defense is what carried the day um, at, at this against the Bengals. Um, I think what was more concerning was um, – I don't want to get overly excited um, and believe right away that this is the new Browns because I think in large part uh, their their effort, not that it was bad, it was awesome effort, uh, but I do think that Joe Burrow was hampered 
significantly by the leg injury. So um, you think it might have been more, we smell blood in the water than necessarily like we can expect this. Yeah. I mean, would I, if they can do this every week and week out, great. They're going to be a huge problem for everyone in the league. But I just want to be careful that we're not overzealous week one against a guy who didn't play at all in the preseason, who missed 31 days of camp, who obviously was looking like he couldn't move very well in the pocket. He couldn't throw the ball a whole lot. They ran a lot of um, uh, screens and things early. And if you watched him throw, he wasn't even throwing the ball. He was just shot putting it. Um, and he just was not comfortable back there. So so you mean to tell me you're not ready to, to say Super 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 Browns, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Browns? N- n- no, I would never say that because that's not a thing on our show. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be stealing from another show. Um, but... Uh, but far inferior. So. <laughs> I, I, uh, I just think like, let's look, the defense played great and it looked great, but like, let's not get carried away just yet. I want to see it against other teams throughout the year. I want to, I want them to sustain what they did against this team. Um, I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest, I think what was most important was they were able to wrap these receivers up. So whether or not Joe Burrow could throw the ball or not, and this apparently it was a monsoon. Um, the receivers were held in check all day long. So even if Joe Burrow was able to get a pass off, it wasn't going anywhere. But come on, this was this is Joe Burrow, $275 million quarterback Joe Burrow. Um, he threw for 82 yards. This is the worst he's ever played in his entire career. So yeah. um, I yeah. have to imagine the next time we see Joe Burrow, things it's are going be to be very different for them. Um, better for him. not Yeah, yeah just, just different. <laughs> um I will say on the offensive side, you know, Nick Chubb again carries a day, hundred yards rushing. Like he's we'll just, talk about him again in a second. He's just an automatic hundred yards anytime you give him the ball. Um, <laughs> All he's got to do is get the rock. And uh, we've always said he has underrated hands, and they should throw him the ball. Oh so, my god! If they keep throwing him the ball, I I, I will be full Chubb every game. And. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? Uh, big sex. Um, I, <laughs> so much sex on the nation. The, and, um, you know, even our receivers, you know, looked okay. I think uh, we had receivers open during the day. Uh, what was frustrating was Deshaun's inability to get them the ball. He was having a lot of trouble hanging on to it. He was having a lot of trouble, and, and so was Joe Burrow. So I'm like, I'm not going to get down totally on Deshaun about that because um, there was something weird going on that we weren't able to see from the TV screen. But what I can tell you is this, is that it was 70 degrees. There wasn't a whole lot of rain in the forecast, and it did rain quite a bit. Um, but it's September in Ohio and Cleveland. And if the weather and the elements are getting to you in September on a 70 degree day when it's wet, that makes me nervous for November and December. Always talking about the silver lining. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, if you thanks, look at thanks the, for bringing it back to earth. Uh, I was on cloud nine. We dominated the Bengals to open the season, and Kenny comes here and shits all over my party. If you look at the AFC North quarterbacks this year in week one, Deshaun Watson's performance Ass. was three out of four. Four was Joe Burrow. So every the other quarterbacks in the division Even played Kenny better. Pickett played better. Even Kenny Pickett played better. Damn, that feels bad. Yeah. Because he's trash. Because he's absolutely trash. Which we'll get to. Uh, but rounding out the Browns, uh, special teams, Dustin Hopkins. He's here and he's perfect. Uh, three out of three field goals, one for one extra point. Uh, and just so you guys know, in case you, you didn't know already, uh, there is someone... In case you didn't know. Just shut up. Uh, there's someone that is acting like Dustin Hopkins on X, the artist formerly, formerly known as Twitter. Um, they got kind of this account, and they've only, they've only put like six posts. But basically, the account is dedicated to saying, you're welcome, Cleveland, every time he makes a field goal. <laughs> and it was... 
hilarious to follow throughout the game. It's pretty funny. Look, I, it was good that that the special teams unit made their kicks. Um, you know, thankfully, this wasn't a game that we needed them, um, but it was just nice to see the ball go through the uprights. Yeah. So, in uh, following that, following special teams, uh, we have coaching. We do talk about coaching quite a bit on the show um, because, I mean, it's I, I think people don't understand how much coaching goes into winning and losing. <laughs> like they think the players control everything, but coaching is a huge part of it. So we want to touch on that. Uh, not touch on the coaches, just touch on the. On you the want subject. to touch on Stefanski? Uh, Stefanik, as we typically call him, because we have no respect for him up to this point. Um, he actually. I was somewhat impressed by the fact that as he realized that the passing game was not going to work throughout this game, he did turn to Nick Chubb and just started feeding him the rock. Yeah, after those first couple of drives, I well, that was what was on my mind was oh god, are, are we, we going this? to continue? I mean, Deshaun was throwing ground balls again, like it was to that point. Oh yeah, there um, were so many underthrown balls in those first two uh, series. I, I didn't. I and, was so frustrated. And and, and like Mar- uh, Goodwin got loose on the one, and, yep. and he way underthrew him there. Um, so I just was asking myself in that moment, like, is Stefanski going to continue to do this? Because um, that's what cost his games all last year. that's what cost his games all, And to his credit, made an adjustment and said, you know what? The weather is difficult out here, oh, obviously. The weather outside, the weather outside is weather. It's uh, challenging for both quarterbacks, and we're going to do something different here. Um, and they did. And that was all she wrote because at that, at the, the momentum changed when Nick Chubb started running the rock. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and, it, never went, and it never went back. I so, never felt like we were going to lose that game after Nick Chubb was the focal point of the offense. So I'm going to do this for, for one week at least, and we'll see how, how next week's game pans out. But for one week, we're giving Stefanski back his name. He is Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. He's back. So uh, he's, he's back. Um, next up, Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz, super excited about this. Uh, everything that we hoped for when we brought him as in as the defensive coordinator seemed to come to fruition in game one. Um, so I'm hoping that continues. Obviously it's early still only one game in small sample size, but I mean, if this is what we have to look forward to the entire season, I'm fucking excited. Wow. Um, yeah, agreed. Look, I think shorts, um, like you said, it, it, everything that we hoped we were getting out of Jim Schwartz is everything that we saw in week one. Um, so I just think it's, it's a matter of they have to sustain this because, uh, we see every year games in September in the NFL are a little bit wonky because a lot of teams rest their starters in the preseason. Don't play them at all. And Kevin Stefanski just plays them in the last week of the preseason. Um, so a lot of these games early in the season can be a little bit weird, clearly a weird game when Joe Burrow throws for under 90 yards. So, um, you know, I just, you, we have to figure out like, was that the defense? Was it the rain? Was it Joe Burrow? Was it his calf? I don't know yet, but Fair. all things, all things pointing to the, the defense and the alignment and the things that they were trying to do, they, they were able to do everything that they wanted to do, which is a good sign. I got nothing to complain about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we are super excited about him. Um, I will say this, uh, even besides the defense itself, the fact I mentioned earlier that he's running up and down the sideline and helping to keep that energy up. Oh, yeah. And, and that's like, what you he's don't. leading by example, yeah. which is something you were never going to get out of Prever. And, and, and you didn't get out of Stefanski. No, 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 no. Stefanski's not a, a rah-rah uh, rah, guy yeah. at all. So um, even after the, the win in the locker room when they were giving away game balls, I was like, it was like he was sleepwalking. Um, and so, yeah, to have a guy on that sideline now that's ready to just kick anybody's ass and needs it, it's, yeah. it's a good thing. 
Uh, and rounding out the coaches here, we got Bubba Ventrone. Looks much better now that he has a competent kicker. So his you know, <laughs> Look, special teams are special teams. They, they weren't a deficit. They haven't had a chance to let you down yet, especially with the new kick rule this year that allows you to just basically free catch, free uh, uh, say, uh, fair catch anything inside the 25 and they just give you the ball. Um, it's just, just the NFL's effort to lessen the impact of special teams and special teams plays. So we'll see along the season, like at what point does the special teams let us down? Hopefully it's not, um, you know, in an important spot, but we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. So overall, let's run through this real quick. Cleveland Browns, total yards, 350, 21 first downs, two turnovers, uh, five penalties for 43 yards, time of possession, 3550. The Cincinnati Bengals total yards, 142, only six first downs. They didn't have any turnovers though, but they had four penalties for 20 yards and their time of possession was 24, 10. Uh, so basically the Browns dominated in all facets of the game. And you know what we say to the Cincinnati Bengals and any division rival for that matter, F them, F them all. Uh, so, which is why I wore this today. So all the haters out there as well, F them, F them all. So excited for the Brown season to start this way. Uh, real quick, in other Browns news, Jake Paul in an interview said he's starting to transition to being a Bengals fan after 26 years of terror from the Browns. Good. How's that working out for you? Isn't he like the Browns social media correspondent? No, it's his brother. Oh. It's his brother. Well, they're from Ohio. Logan so Paul. Look, I guess I give some credence to, like, if you have lived here and dealt with this. Um, I don't. It's different than someone else. You know what I say to Jake Paul? (laughs) F him. And his brother. F him all. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, Jim Donovan stepping away for leukemia treatment. His send-off after the game was very sad, but we know Jim Donovan. um, He's going to battle, and he's going to be back. Hey, and they sent him off with a win. Hell yes. So, you know, keep keep those good vibes. Nick Harris, the fullback, jump the tailback. Watson turns, rolls out to the right, looks open, touchdown, Harrison Bryant! Wide open, the tight end on the right side, and with 9-11 left to go in the ballgame, it's beginning to feel like a Browns win today, 22-3. It's time for the division roundup. I, I, I guess it's... Time for the division roundup. <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick here, the... Baltimore Ravens defeated uh, the Houston Texans easily. I'm not even going to go through what happened in the games. I'm just going to let you know they beat them easily. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll recap our picks. Uh, so I was right, Kenny was right, and Zach was right. Everybody was right. Everybody was right. Bone Man, Thunder, and Jams. All right. Uh, and then next up, uh, we had Pittsburgh. Uh, they got shit on by the 49ers. Oh, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of for uh, at one point, Pittsburgh had 199 total yards. Or, I'm sorry, the 49ers had 199 total yards, and Pittsburgh had one. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, we were all right in that. We we all picked the 49ers. And then finally, uh, our game, the Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is where it gets interesting, as always. Here we go. The person that was wrong was Kenny Thunder. Both Bone Man and myself were right. And so that means that me and Bone Man start 3-0, and and Kenny Thunder's already bringing up the rear at 2-1. and <clears throat> That I you am. You love the rear. I do <laughs> big, big sex. Um, <laughs> look, I call him as I see him. I thought Joe Burrow was not going to have the worst game of his career. Um, <laughs> but he did. So. And here we are. Uh, but look, I'm never, I'm never upset to be wrong about a Browns win. So look, uh, if if I lose by as many games as I pick the Browns to lose each year because they win each week, then I guess I have coming to me what is coming to me. 
Yeah, which we'll find out what that is. I don't. I don't know. We'll talk more about that in uh, King of the North. Um, but anyways, uh, that leads us to the Burger Sportscast Dog of the Week. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. You got to play tough people in the National Football League. You got to be ready, and we got to be the dogs that we are every time we step on there on Sunday and be ready to attack and don't stop until... Uh, All right, so who else here? You already know who it is. He'll probably be the Dog of the Week at least 50% of the season. Uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, the dude ran for over 100 yards. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. He had 18 carries for 106 yards and added four receptions for 21 yards. Did not find the end zone, but it didn't matter. He kept the offense going all night long and helped us dominate the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't like that. It felt intentional that they would get down to the one or two yard line and Stefanski would then throw the ball for the touchdown instead of letting Nick Chubb just tear well, it. You know, air raid offense. <laughs> He's got to show him. Look, here's the thing. Nick Chubb is God's gift to man. <laughs> Period. That's true. I mean, I'm not going to argue. If you aren't just soaking this in as a Browns fan, oh, every I thought week, you were going to say if you aren't just soaking wet right now. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You should be so wet and so hard. Um, because if you are not just enjoying this time to watch what is an absolute generational talent play for your football team, it's unreal. I you're never going to see it's going to be decades before you see somebody look this good in it's brown and orange. Legitimately insane. I watched the games and there are there are actually times in an NFL game where he <clears throat> looks like he's playing against peewee kids. He's he's just so good. It's just stupid how good he is. Um but yeah, so Nick Chubb uh week 1's Burning Over Sportscast dog of the week. Woof woof. And that leads us to Around the NFL. Starting off Around the NFL, Russell Wilson is still washed. Uh, Before I get into him, actually, I would like to say that we have a big Russell Wilson fan uh, that has joined the podcast uh, (laughs) recently. The Big Bone Man. Took Russell Wilson about 12 years in a row uh, in our fantasy football league, and his team name is historically Russell Will Tussle. Would you like to comment on that, Bone Man? <laughs> Russell will continue to tussle. Uh, he'll be back. Oh. I, I still love Russell Wilson. You, you, I, I, I think, he's think he's gonna, he's... I think he's going to have a good year. Oh, wow. I think he's going to surprise some folks. Well, just so you know, he's still washed, and he started off the season <laughs> like trash. They lost to the Raiders 17-16, to 16, and he only threw for 177 yards. Oh, hold on. That's 25 more than Deshaun threw for. Listen, let's not go there. <laughs> Deshaun won, though. So, um, And he just – here's the deal. Russell Wilson, he's just not that good anymore. I know, Bone Man, you like to say he's going to bounce back. He can have your opinion. Your opinion's wrong. Um <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson's washed. Here's the thing about that game is... You I'm lost, just happy I get to keep talking about him being washed. You lost to the Raiders, who um, are being led by Jimmy G. So, Jimmy G. Um, There's definitely no Johnny G. I, I just, I just, it just spells, I think, bad news for the start of not just Russell Wilson in, in Denver, but uh, Sean Payton as well. Yeah. In case anyone was wondering, I just made a Johnny G reference there. Johnny, Johnny G, John Goodman, oh, the greatest American actor John of all time. John Goodman is, without a doubt, the greatest American actor of all time. If there was a Mount Rushmore of actors, American actors, it would just be four John Goodman faces straight in a row. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't argue with that whatsoever. No. Um, no one can. Yeah. So, like I said, Jimmy G, no Johnny G. Um, <clears throat> next up, uh, the Giants get shit on by the Cowboys, 40 to nothing. Uh, so, starting this year, the, the, the Giants uh, are starting this year in much different fashion than they did last year um and i think it's safe to say 
I mean, sure, he might have a couple of good games here and there, but Daniel Jones, not that good. Well, I think it just goes to show you like <clears throat> how how quick you can be in favor in the NFL one year and the next like your whole world falls apart. I'm watching the game uh, with my parents, with my mom last night because I'm homeless right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, when is your house going to be finished? Ever? <laughs> it's a few weeks, hopefully, so that we can come back and live yeah. here. Um, but um, and she's like, who is like, this is embarrassing. And I was like, I agree. She's like, is this team not good? And I was like, well, they were in the playoffs last year. Uh, I don't really have an explanation for you. Like, They're why the are team they? this year that goes from playoffs out of the playoffs yeah like how are you so bad i don't know i mean it doesn't make any sense i, I don't believe the cowboys are that good but no. uh, but they're not bad i think the cowboys are gonna probably make some noise this year they'll be a playoff team probably but yep. they just won't make it very far because they never fair, do fair yep uh, ne- uh and i will say this uh, about daniel jones i just said he isn't that good which i stand by and i will continue to stand by but daniel jones is is legitimately poor man's josh allen he does everything that josh allen does but not nearly as good <laughs> His hair is definitely not as good. Like nothing about him is as good as Josh Allen, but you know, uh, he's their quarterback. So. He's got a, he got a second contract. Yeah, I guess. Um, speaking of of uh, quarterbacks, though, we'll move on to a good quarterback. Uh, at least when he's healthy, uh, Tua is back to playing at a really high level. Um, and Miami defeated the Chargers thirty six to thirty four. Um, Hell of a game. It was it was a great game. Um, and in this game, Tyreek Hill went off. 11 receptions for 215 yards and two touchdowns. I've got him in fantasy. Um, and he says he's breaking the receiving re- yards record this year. And I would say that he's off to a pretty good start. I don't understand this Miami team. <laughs> I just, I know Tua was good in college and he's good in the NFL, I guess. I just, like, he's, I, I don't look at Tua and think, this guy. This, he's going to beat us. This is the stud quarterback of the end. But he threw. But he keeps four hundred and sixty some yards yesterday. The crazy thing is, too, is is I agree with you. Like I don't think in my head, like oh, man, I don't think him. Tua really scares me. Is one of but the then top when you think about it, he when he's been healthy, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, when his brain hasn't been mush, like he's been great. Yeah, I just wonder, like, how long before his brain turns to, to mashed potatoes again? What's the over under, Bone Man? On on what? <laughs> games <laughs> games that two will play before he gets another concussion. Ah, yeah, now you're being clear. Sorry about that. <laughs> Do you, have you had a concussion? Do you, are you concussed? I, I, I might have some CTE. Nice. That's very possible. You were middle linebacker um, at 178 pounds. <laughs> that took a lot of hits to the head. Um, <laughs> so what is the over-under? Seven games. Seven games. That's what you're giving him. I'm, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say he makes it eight. I'm going to say he makes it four. <laughs> wow. All right, well. 9.41 okay. p.m. Okay. 9.41 p.m. Okay. Who's doing that? Is that your watch? Is that? <laughs> Boone Bo just got an iPhone, doesn't know how to work I don't, it. <laughs> I don't think that was me. I think it was <laughs> Unless I set a reminder for 9.41 p.m. <laughs> who, who doesn't set a reminder for 9.41 p.m.? Um, it's when he takes his little bit blue pill. <laughs> yeah, so uh, next up, uh, Jordan Love. We're just talking about the quarterbacks, apparently. Uh, Jordan Love starts his time at the helm in Green Bay with a win over Chicago, uh, which actually is pretty interesting because, uh, you know, nobody was was sure how Green Bay was going to fare this year as they transitioned to Jordan Love, and everybody's been hyping up Chicago. 
uh, and talking about how Justin Fields is going to take that next step and whatever else. And Chicago just got by, they just got stomped by Green Bay. And Justin Fields had a pretty rough time being trusted uh, to guide the passing game much more in the second season. So, yeah, I don't know what the look, I, I like Justin Fields. I wish him the best. I don't know what the the false bravado was around him all offseason that he was going to come in and make and this huge leap and light, passing light the league on fire. I also don't know that Jordan Love is as good as. He played with Green Bay this weekend. I just think Chicago's ass trash, and Jordan Love got him at a good time. And um, you know, hopefully for both of those guys, like they can figure it out. But um, I just I don't have a whole lot of hope for Justin Fields to be good in Chicago. I think he has to. I said this last year. I think if Justin Fields has a future in the NFL, he has to get out of there. Um, Fair. And uh, I just I think Jordan Love is probably a mediocre NFL quarterback at best right now. So you're you're sticking by that for the season though. Uh, Chicago's ass trash. Oh, I will die on that hill. Yeah. They're, they're going to probably win five for less games. Yep. And so Justin Fields, as we mentioned, uh, being trusted to, to really guide that passing game and take that next step this year, uh, threw a pick six in this one, had a fumble, and had 37 attempts but only 216 yards. So, uh, I mean. The, the league was weird in week one, and I don't know what to attribute that to because outside of two, a lot of good quarterbacks had, had struggled. And there was some weather in a couple of places. It rained, and I mean, even the, the Dallas uh, game in, uh, at MedLife had – uh, rain. So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, well, you know, they, they call uh, uh, week one leading into week two uh, the week of overreaction. And I, right. I think that's kind of what we're seeing across the board right now. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of stories that are going to look very different next week. Yep. I agree. Uh, next up here, Kadarius Tony uh, taking the entire blame for the Chiefs loss to Detroit. Uh, to open the season. He had three major drops, but the bigger story here, to me, honestly, is how well Jared Goff and the Lions have played to finish last season and start this season. They're 9-2 and two in their last 11 games, um, and it's looking like they got something really cooking up there in Detroit. So yeah. um, they may be a team to look out for this season. Look, I think they're absolutely a team to look out for this year. I think Jared Goff is in the same boat as Geno Smith is in the same boat as a lot of guys that were cut out of their roles early. Um, but could play. I mean, Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl in his first contract. So, like, True. it's not like this guy is totally incompetent. And if he has the right pieces around him, a coach that believes in him, um, you, you can do a lot, just like Geno Smith did last year. I think Baker's probably in the same boat. If Baker can find some support by a head coach like Todd Bowles, um, he could have a nice year down there in Tampa Bay. So, um, I just think it's it's so easy to give up on these guys and go, next up, next man up. The, you know, the, the most popular guy in every town is the backup quarterback. Um, so, I mean, even here, people are like, yeah, DTR, go for it. DTR, um, yeah. You know, $230 million guaranteed in the show, and let's just let this rookie play. Um, like, get out. But, so, yeah, I just get think, um, I think Detroit is definitely, um, like, I don't think they're a sleeper team at this point. I think uh, Dan Campbell has a team playing a really, really good football. Um, you know, we all made fun of, like, his opening press conference where he said that they were going to, like, bite people's kneecaps off. But, like, that's the, that's the culture that he's built there is, like, hard-nosed, tough ass like we're gonna kick you in the teeth and um and i love it i'm here for it yeah so shout out to my my dad because he's a huge detroit lions fan so i'm sure he's really really excited seeing this uh, my dad was born in i think cadillac michigan uh so grew up grew up watching them and loves them but uh gm um, town baby um yeah. i also would say that um Good, I, good I, talk. I had my season long pickums with my friends, and I did pick Detroit to win that game. So hell yes, that's a good. That's a that's a bold, bold thing to start out with. It was a bold pick. Yeah. Um, 
But anyways, uh, next up here, uh, as if we didn't talk about quarterbacks enough, it's been all about quarterbacks around the league. Uh, but the big three rookie quarterbacks had their debuts, and Anthony Richardson looked by far the best. Um, the the Colts hung tough with Jacksonville for most of the game, which Jacksonville uh, has a solid team this season, and everybody knows it. Um, and so it's, it was an accomplishment for Anthony Richardson in a Colts team without Jonathan Taylor that really doesn't look great on, even on paper, uh, to hang with them for as long as they did. Um, and then just on the other side of that, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud both had lopsided losses to their respective opponents and didn't look good at all. So. Well, yeah, I would say Jacksonville is probably the, the top pick coming out of the AC South this year. So, um, they're a good football team. Most people, most people expect them to be a wild card or playoff contender. Um, Anthony Richardson, look, I mean, the dude is just a freak athlete. Um, so I think in the short term that bodes well for him because as he, you're figuring out, the he program, can, you can lean on that. A he little can bit. lean on that, but ultimately just like with, with Deshaun or any mobile quarterback, like, um, you're watching guys like Jalen Hurts and some of these guys and you just say like, how long can you continue to play like that? Because, um, at some point, if you're going to play in the league for a long time and be one of the best there ever was, you have to learn to to throw from the pocket uh, just it's just a it's mandated uh, you can Which, you can have a nice career but it's going to be short um if you're going to play physical football like that and anthony richardson could get away with that for a, a while but he's going to have to have somebody teach him to play quarterback at some point uh speaking of which uh it was actually a really classy move after the game trevor lawrence uh it was caught on on uh the microphones when they were meeting at midfield uh he basically told him like hey you know, the NFL is a different game. Uh, the hits feel different. So you need to learn to get down and protect yourself. Yeah. So it was it's just, a, just a classy move to, to, to give that advice, especially to, a, 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 uh, you know, somebody that you're going to be playing multiple times each year, right? Maybe uh, Sherwood Lawrence will take him under his wing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But, Maybe. But look, I would, I would say this too about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I think they both have the higher upside because I think both of them are capable from playing from the pocket and being more um, – cerebral as a quarterback whereas i think anthony richardson just is he can do anything i think that eventually that gets you into trouble yeah so that'll do it for around the nfl next up we've got an interview with the pittsburgh browns backers um and in case you guys didn't know we are going to be taking um we're going to be doing an interview each week with a Browns backers organization from the area of the team that we are playing. The only exception to that is the division rivals. Uh, we will do uh, an interview with uh, the Browns backers organization from their respective areas on the, on the weeks that we're away playing division rivals. And on the weeks that we're home, we'll, we will interview a Cleveland based Browns backers organization. So Browns backers all season long. And this week we have the Pittsburgh Browns backers ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get to talk to Paul next, courtesy Riverside FM. Powered by Riverside FM. All right. Thanks for joining us, Paul, uh, from the Pittsburgh Browns backers. Obviously, you're based in Pittsburgh. We're, we're terribly sorry about that. <laughs> Ground zero there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can you tell us a little bit about the, the uh, chapter over there when you guys were established? What's your viewing location, members, those types of things? Okay. Yeah. So, um, we have, this is a little unique to be in Pittsburgh for a number of reasons, which I'll, I'll touch on. But um, we've switched viewing locations for various reasons. But I started the club back in 2000. 
um, and I've been the president ever since then. We have about 500 active members. Um, we are currently meeting at uh, 202 Hometown Tacos in Bellevue. I know it sounds wonky, but they have t- TVs for us, and um, and we've had a good two. This is our second year there. Um, so some of the unique things about being in Pittsburgh, you know, you asked about charity. We do have a charity, and we have raised money, but it's very difficult to raise money the old-fashioned way if you're a Browns backer club in, like, San Diego, you know. Yeah. We're, not, we're not having a car wash because people are not stopping at the Pittsburgh Browns backer car wash, you know. So we face a lot of challenges because of that and, and get bounced around a lot with locations. Two years ago, we had a really great location. But because it's the success of the Bills, we kept shrinking our TVs that they would put on the Browns game, and the Bills fans just overtook us, basically. Um, so that was a bummer. Uh, but that's the kind of challenges we face. Gotcha. And you said over 500 members. That's quite, a, that's quite an organization you guys got going over there. Um, yeah, which I, would, is, I would say active, active members are probably, probably more under 200. Okay. Well, it's still impressive being that you are behind enemy lines and, and right there in the, the heart of the team that we hate most. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I mean, first of all, I guess, you know, uh, great, great hearing about your, your chapter and everything. But I just want to ask you, how, how did you think that the Browns looked this past week against the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I was absolutely thrilled. I mean, I haven't seen the Browns play such a complete game. I mean, you know, Deshaun looked okay. He was good enough to win. I think he'll come around. But, um, like, almost no criticism to the defense and the special teams, which, man, we haven't had that in years. You know, I mean, usually we're, we're at our location and everybody's gloom and doom, even if we're winning. They think we're, we're going to lose for sure, you know. <laughs> and just to see, like, a kneel down at the end of the game, see them bring in – their second string quarterback, man, that hasn't happened in a long time. So th- th- that was great. I did hear after the game, just, you know, unfortunately to uh, talk about your point there where everybody's kind of doom and gloom and it's always assuming the worst. Um, it does uh, suck that we feel that way sometimes, but this was the first game that I can remember. And I heard this on the radio earlier this week and I agree or uh, after the game yesterday and I agree with it um, that, you know, on third downs, especially, we were out on the field. The defense was out on the field, and I couldn't help but thinking pretty much every time, I was like, we're getting off the field. It's happening. We're getting off the field, and, yeah. and the offense is going to be back out there. And I can't remember the last time that I felt that way watching a Browns game. So I agree 100%. Yeah. Now, Paul, are you are you a, a transplant, or did you grow up in and around Ohio, uh, or have you always been in the Pittsburgh area? No. So I um – I grew up in Cle- – I went to Cleveland Heights High for one year, and then I went to Solon. Um, I, I went to then I went to college at Heidelberg College, and then I, I went to medical school in Toledo, and then I ended up coming to Pittsburgh for residency. And I just met a girl, and I stuck here. We actually live in a house that was built in, the 18, in 1877. It's so close to uh, Heinz Field – you can hear like the calls. That's how close. We are. Oh, wow. <laughs> Acrisure stadium now. Cause that's a cool name. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that's, that's awesome. That is uh, uh, really cool that you're, you're out there still holding it down for the Browns. The, do you, and do you have, um, so like, do you have other um, like officers within your organization that try to help you put on events yes. and things? Yeah. Yeah. My vice president mostly is Jeff. 
And we, you know, we are really, the things that we can do are like raffles within the club, 50, 50 within the club. It's really the only way in selling t-shirts that we earn revenue um, and to give to charities and to like keep the, you know, website going and stuff. Um, but yeah, I have some help, but we're, I'm, we're admittedly not the most organized Brownsbacker club. Like when you look at somebody like, like Bud Genovese down in, in California there, um, you know, I mean, he's retired. I, I still, I'm still working. I have little kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and, and, uh, it, it's just amazing the things that the Browns backers organizations do at all levels. I mean, whether you're given a lot or given a little, every little bit helps. Um, and so, you know, what you guys all do is, is fantastic. Um, getting back to the Browns a little bit here. Um, you know, we talked about last week, uh, they looked phenomenal against the Bengals, uh, a complete game. As you, as you said, um, what are your expectations or what, and what are the expectations, um, of your chapter, uh, as you can see, at least, um, for the rest of the season for the Browns? Um, yeah, I mean, our, <clears throat> we get a lot of local games and that, that kind of siphons off a lot of people sometimes. So we get less numbers, but when it's, when it's, cause we have a lot of people that have the season tickets too. So the, the best games for us are away games where it's not on local TV. And those are now few and far between. I remember like both Pittsburgh game and Browns game was on here, um, you know, Sunday. I don't remember when they used to put two AFC games on at the same time, but I know they do now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a challenge, you know, and, and this is the week I get all the phone calls from people. Where's your tailgate? Where are you guys meeting down there? Like, you know, where's your block of tickets? And I'm like, none of that is happening at all because, like, the, the Steelers are not falling over us to give us, like, a block of 40 tickets as Browns sure. fans. So we, we don't do anything down by the stadium pretty much because it, we just don't, you know, we just don't have access to tickets, you know? Yeah, it's, so it's that's, one of those things, like, they, they, they uh, like to keep us down, so. <laughs> yeah. So do you have, I mean, at these events, uh, if we're reviewing especially, does it seem to go relatively well each week? Or is there a lot of like hostility just in terms of just local folks being out that are Steelers fans? It's, it's varied from venue to venue. Um, for them, like when we were with the Bills, they didn't care about the Browns. So it was fine. Then there were no Steelers fans in, the, in this bar. We used to have a place called Peter's Pub, which is downtown and Pitt campus. And that was great because I asked the guy that, to make it a private party for us upstart, upstairs so we could turn Steeler jerseys away and tell them to leave, which was great. Nice. Um, the, the current place is a little bit of a hybrid. They, they don't really open on Sunday, but now he's thinking about opening it up to Steeler fans. We had a, a handful of Steeler fans, but we, we had the big crowd, though. So we'll have to see how it goes. So when you're – you said you've bounced around a little bit, like – yeah. How does that conversation go as a Browns fan, a Browns backers organization to a uh, local pub or bar that says, Hey, you know, I want to bring my, my group of, you know, 200 Browns fans out to your bar each week. <laughs> right. Well, it goes great when it's 200 and then usually by like the eighth game, there's five people there. And so that's, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm arguing, you know, like the guy at the current place is like, I can't afford to have five people at your game. And I'm like, no, this is the year we're going to be good. Like I said that every year, you know, <laughs> So we deal with a lot of that. Yeah, I can only imagine, um, and especially with some of the the tough years that we've had, and and the, how the fans dwindle as the season goes on. Um, but no, uh, with that being said, we do have a pretty strong team. Uh, we hope this year. 
Um, do you have any record predictions uh, uh, for the rest of the season or any, anything that you guys are looking, you know, that you expect out of the team? I mean, one game at a time, I think we'll beat the Steelers Perfect. on Monday night. Um, I think the Kenny Pickett, who they've anointed into the Hall of Fame here in Pittsburgh, is not uh, really Hall of Fame material. So um, I, I think that their defense is really suspect. We, we kind of watched that game, side watched that game. And yeah. I, I, I watched it again today, actually, just to see it. Um, a, yeah, they need to fix a lot. That's yeah. a, a great segue there, actually, because I think we've heard that a lot on just local Cleveland radio around Kenny Pickett and the expectations for him this season. Um, I was just I just wanted to kind of get your feel again, his boots on the ground there. Um, it seems it seems like folks have lost their minds out there. We're like, hey, it's Kenny Pickett. Like, he's, he's not the second coming. But you wouldn't know that by listening yeah. to uh, local Pittsburgh radio. Yeah, he, they got him. You know, he's Dan Marino. He came from Pitt. <laughs> And it was a homer pick, and he's not big, and he's just not that great. I don't think. I actually predict he won't. He won't be playing. Um, like as like at the second half of the season. Nice bold prediction. But uh, I, I like that. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think it's a stretch. It's a hot take. Just, it needs to be on the hot take hotline. I'm just curious. Is it like is that is it is it a genuine reaction from Steelers fans like is that or do you think it's just you know hey they're used to play, uh, you know being on the top of the division every year and they know Mike Tomlin you know puts a pretty decent team out every year uh, yeah i mean Tomlin's never a had genuine a genuine feeling around him yeah Tomlin's never had a losing season so they have no reason to think that's ever going to happen um, but yeah i think it's it's a pretty genuine feeling among the diehard Steelers fans that Kenny Pickett is the answer Wow, I, I hope they keep feeling that way. Uh, <laughs> as long as they keep feeling that way, I think we've got the upper hand. Um, but no, I mean, you you touched on watching the game, you know, kind of side watching that game this past week and then rewatching it today. That's why we like to talk to the Browns backers from the uh, respective town of of whoever we're going to be playing that week. Um, is because you you get a little bit more exposure, so you have some of this inside information that you've already uh, uh, touched on as far as you know th- them loving Kenny Pickett and putting him in the Hall of Fame and all of that nonsense. Um, so you know, it, besides the Kenny Pickett talk, is there it, what else are they saying over there? What are they what do they think of the team this year? Um, how do they think the team is going to fare as the season goes on? I mean, I talked to somebody today. Rational people say the Steelers are going to suck. <laughs> um, irrational people saying, you know, that they're going to be great and they're going to overcome it. And it's, you know, so, I mean, you have, it's just like Browns fans. You have just a, a variable confidence after game one, you know, some people are still in and then, then, Oh man, one of the things we love to do as Browns fans in Pittsburgh is turn on, turn on the talk radio from Pittsburgh in the morning after a Steeler loss. And it, it, <laughs> It is the most like satisfying thing to hear all these yinzers melting down. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> do you do you have a favorite local sh- uh, show there in in Pittsburgh? A favorite local what uh, show? Like like Pony and Moller, or is there a specific show that you guys listen to generally over there? Oh um, <clears throat> yeah, they, this guy who's weirdly not considered a Steeler fan. He's a more hockey. He's called Mark Madden. Um, that's a big show. And then there's other ones. I, I'm not as into this as my like Browns fans friends are. And I just rather listen to the Cleveland talk radio. We actually have, I don't know if I can plug a radio show. Can I plug sure. a radio yeah. show? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> so this Monday, 
coming up, we have the really big show, ESPN Cleveland, coming to our bar and broadcasting at 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock, and they're going to be wow. there on Tuesday as well. So um, and there's like a big outdoor space at our bar, so it's a big deal for us. I'm, I'm not even sure I can make it, but um, that should be really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, no, and, and – uh, yeah, I mean, no problem plugging other shows. I mean, we're equal opportunity here. We're all in the business, so we get it. Um, but no, I mean, so speaking of the game coming up, obviously that's the reason we're talking to you. Do you have a prediction uh, for the upcoming game? A score prediction? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I think it's going to look very similar to what we how we played the Bengals. They might score a ten. But we're going to score at least twenty-four. That's my my prediction. So an easy easy win for the Browns, uh, and taking us to two and zero to start the season for the first time since <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't even I, know. I mean, all the signs are there. So based on what how the Steelers did, and based on how the Browns did, yeah, that, that, absolutely. That, that it should it should re- recur. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, hey, Paul, I, I really appreciate the time that you've taken um, and, and joined our show here. Uh, some really good insight for Pittsburgh um, and what we can expect from them uh, and their fa- fans this week. So, um, Before we hop off, I just wanted to personally apologize to, <laughs> to all the Browns fans, especially in Pittsburgh, because we do on our show talk um, a bit of trash, and a bit of shit. So I just want you to know that if you happen to come across the clip of us uh, saying, saying we, anything, we like, don't give a damn for the entire <laughs> city of Pittsburgh, Paul, we, you, we exclude you. We like you, Paul. You and your friends at the Browns Backers organization, none of what we have, have attributed to <laughs> Pittsburgh or the Yinzers applies to you and your friends. I just wanted to, again, personally apologize, gotcha. make sure we cleared the air there so that if you happen to see something, you aren't you know, taking it personally because we're on your side here. I appreciate that. You know, li- <laughs> living here, just put a put in a plug for Pittsburgh. I've lived here more of my life in Pittsburgh, and I still love Cleveland to death. But the, but this is a this is a really cool city, and I cheer for all the other mi- miserable teams, like their miserable baseball team. Um, their <laughs> hockey team is not miserable, but I do cheer for them. So, um, but I just can't do the Steeler thing. Never. <laughs> Never. Good. Don't don't ever do it. Um, no, but again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Um, and we hope that you are correct and we end up 2-0 after this next week. And we appreciate the boots on the ground out there. Like, like Granny said, behind enemy lines. Keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Yep. That, our t-shirts say Pittsburgh Browns backers. And then I don't know if you can see it. It says toughest place to wear your colors. <laughs> nice. Is there is there a particular website or somewhere that folks could could uh, reach out and, and find your uh, merchandise? Um, yeah, just I mean, probably we don't we're not all that sophisticated, and we're getting new shirts, so I'm not really there's not really much to sell right now. Uh, but you, but you can always go to pittsburghbrownsbackers.com. It gets redirected to another thing, but then you can get in contact with us, and we'll get back to you. Right now, we're very low on our current two styles of t-shirts, and um, we're currently in the process of getting another one, which should be awesome. Sounds nice. good. We'll have to look into that once it comes in. For sure. So, again, Paul, thank you so much. Appreciate yep, Appreciate it. the time. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. I'm Paul from the Pittsburgh Browns backers, and you're listening to the Burning River Sportscast. Go Browns. Paul!
Oh, that was a good interview. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, it's got to be tough being behind enemy lines, um, especially in Pittsburgh. And yeah, being I feel, a Browns back I feel for them. I mean, you think about last week, the guys we talked to out in South Euclid and how much they were able to do in the community. But it's easy. You go out, you're like, we, we're Browns backers. But like, Everybody's like, yeah, we love the Browns. We love the Browns. We love we're the Browns fantastic. Backers. I love the Browns. Paul is out there just slinging it like the like the rest of the meth addicts. He's and, like, hey, you guys you guys want to support the Browns backers? And they're like, fuck you. Like, they would probably <laughs> rather buy meth than hang out with Paul and his Browns backers. Wow. Friends. Bad choice, Yinzers. Yinzers. All right. But you know what that takes us to? Um, but uh, real quick, I just wanted to go back to- We're not there yet. Uh, that I am uh, cordially and, and uh, apologetically uh, very, very sorry to all of our friends in Pittsburgh because we do talk a lot of shit. Um, You're excluded. When we say all of Pittsburgh, yes, we talk about except for Pittsburgh the Browns and, and Pittsburgh teams, we're not including- Browns fans. Browns fans. Yeah. The rest of you, F them. F them all! You know what that takes us to? What does it take us to? The Burning River Sports Guys. Hashtag So don't forget to call in. Leave your hot takes on the Hot Take Hotline. Remember, these are hot takes. Hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330 Call now. Operators are not standing by because it's an answering machine. So, you know what time it is. Let's take a quick revenue break and then get back here and talk to Big John Hughes. Are we just going double donging him on the interviews? Oh, yeah. And then we can preview week two. Big six. Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, an award-winning craft distillery located in Akron, Ohio. Towpath Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Towpath's lineup includes an ultra-smooth, award-winning premium vodka, a small batch silver rum made from the highest grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery, now available locally and in 46 states. Visit towpath-distillery.com to place your order online or find an OHLQ retailer near you. Towpath Distillery, handcrafted, award-winning, small batch, local, and family-owned. All Cleveland Coffee. That's right. We have a new sponsor. All Cleveland Coffee is a coffee company that launched earlier this year in Cleveland, as the name would suggest. Founded by Browns legend and Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and six-time heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Stipe Miocic. Miocic? Miocic? Miocic. Uh, along with a team of several other brilliant Clevelanders. All Cleveland Coffee is on a mission to give one million meals back to the community through an official partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How will they do this? With every bag purchased, three meals get donated to the food bank. This is such an awesome idea. A bunch of great individuals are involved, and they have absolutely delicious coffee. It comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. The dark is what Joe Thomas drinks every morning, and it is actually what I prefer as well. Kenny, light, medium, dark? Uh, I'm a medium roast guy. All right. The medium is growing on me, so. Uh, All Cleveland Coffee. Visit all-cleveland.com today to order your coffee and donate a few meals in the process. All Cleveland Coffee. Ethically sourced, premium roasted, and three meals donated for every bag purchased. 
Yeah, so before we get into the week two preview, we are going to talk to another Cleveland Browns alum that will be going on the Browns fan cruise with us. You excited? I'm always excited. Nice. Powered by Riverside FM. All right, so our next guest is born and raised in Ohio, played college football in the state as well. In his seven seasons in the NFL, he amassed 125 total tackles, five and a half sacks, one forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. Boys, help me welcome Big John Hughes. Big John. Big John. 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 All right, John, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Good, good. Now, before we get to some of the questions that we have for you, um, I do want to talk about one thing. Uh, you're going to be on the Browns fan cruise in March of 2024. It is confirmed you'll be there soaking in the sun and having a blast with the fellow alumni and fans alike. And now I have to say, we are brought to you by the Browns fan cruise. Uh, we are the official podcast of the Browns fan cruise. We will be on the Browns fan cruise and we will be emceeing all of the events on the Browns fan cruise. And we can't wait to share that Browns fan cruise with a Cleveland Browns alumni like yourself. Um, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about the fan cruise and what they have to look forward to? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I guess Seaside uh, events and the Cleveland Browns are doing um, a cruise, man, the first ever Cleveland Browns cruise, man. Super excited about it. Uh, it's going to be amazing uh, getting to hang out with old friends, meeting new friends and, and just setting sail, man. I'm excited. It's actually my first cruise, by the way. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but really excited about it. <laughs> Me too, man. I'm a little nervous you don't just because just because I, I don't know if I have my sea legs. But yeah, you don't. You get seasick, do you? Oh, you said do I get seasick? Yeah. Oh no, no, I don't get seasick, but I haven't been on the boat that long either, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you pack some extra Dramamine. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna be doing. I know that. Uh, no, but thank you, uh, and I'm sure we're gonna get back to Brown's fan cruise talk here in just a little bit. Uh, but for right now, I do want to talk about you. So, uh, as I mentioned during my introduction, you are born and raised in Ohio. Can you tell us a little bit about the town you're from? Yeah, so I'm from Gahanna, Ohio. It's uh, in Columbus, a smaller town in Gahanna or in Columbus. Um, great place, man. I uh, went to school there from K through 12, man, Ohio, born and raised. Nice. And you mentioned that's near Columbus. Um, you ended up going to Cincinnati for college, but during your time uh, in Columbus, I bet it was pretty uh, pretty raucous with the Ohio State crowd, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny. Actually, I got a great story about when I went to Cincinnati, being from Columbus, and actually grew up a diehard Ohio State fan, right? So, uh, <laughs> my first day at Cincinnati or at Cincinnati, um, uh, rookie Nakamura. I don't know if you guys heard him played for the Ravens. Uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. So he was the senior at Cincinnati that uh, that year. And uh, I walked in with some Ohio State basketball shorts. And he's like, hey, man, like, stop me in the front of the locker room. He's like, hey, man, um, I'm going to need you to take those off. And I was like, oh, man, it's, it's all good, right? Yeah. And then he's like, no, nah, now you got to take those off. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool, man. And then, like, 20 guys surrounded me. They're like, no, nah, man, take those off. So they literally made me flip my shorts inside out, run back to the dorm, first day of practice, before I could come in the locker room. So that was my my introduction to Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't wear that garbage around here. So, uh, no, no, we're big Ohio State fans, so I, I take that back immediately. So going to Cincinnati, so was that a, was that something that was important to you to stay close to home as you went to college? Uh, yeah, most definitely. It was uh, it was close enough where people could come visit, but not close enough where people could just pop up. You know what I mean? It was a couple hours away. Uh, <laughs> love, love still being in Ohio, of course, for family and friends, but it was nice getting away a little bit too. 
That's a very nice way to put that. Um, <laughs> and now, uh, tell us a little bit about your time in Cincinnati. Yeah, so man, I had a had a great. Uh, I was actually there four and a half years. Registered. Um, I was my I was uh, Coach Kelly's uh, Brian Kelly's first recruit uh, at Cincinnati. Uh, we had a great run as a team when I was there. We uh, won three Big East championships. Uh, went to two BCS bowls, and uh, yeah, we did our thing. Nice, nice. And then from there, I know uh, you were drafted by the Browns in 2012 um, and ended up playing for them from 2012 to 2016. So uh, tell us a little bit about your time with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, man, it was it was it was great, man. The, um, everything that around Cleveland, the sports just kind of em- embodied that that feeling of being in Cleveland. So as a Browns player, the fans made made the experience that much more. You know what I mean? Um Especially being from Ohio, man, I, I I loved every second of it. Um, but yeah, being in Cleveland, man, it was great. I uh, had a lot of great um, uh, teammates along the way. Had a lot of different coaches, unfortunately, but um, it, it was it was a great time, man. Um, just wish we could have won a little bit more. How many coaches did you have in your five years <clears throat> with the team? Do you really want to know? Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. Was was it three? So so I had four head coaches in five years. <laughs> oh man. Right, oh. so, I, so I started with Shermer, I had Chizinski, Pedden, and then uh, uh, Ray. Oh, Chizinski, forgot about him. Oh, yeah. you, I'm sorry. You. So yeah. obviously a lot of head coach turnover uh, in Cleveland, something that we're all very well accustomed to at this point. Um, do you do you have any other thoughts just around like why why the team has, has struggled like it did? I mean, it's not like we haven't had talented players coming in and out, um, not like yourself, but I mean, if you could point to one thing that has caused um, or was you know challenging just in your time in Cleveland. Um, it was really just having that full program camaraderie, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So not just the players, but the coaches are like, um, like I said, we had a, di- a lot of different coaches uh, coming in and out. So it was hard to really um, – really understand and really get into the schemes that we had. So I had to learn a different scheme pretty much every year I was there. And if you look at the you know different programs that had the same coaches and same philosophies for years, those players were able to build in that program and they can, you know, advance a lot better in that program. So it's just a little bit different, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing uh, I do know uh, from your career, your first sack that you recorded was against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Um, so oh, yeah. is that, can, you, can you kind of take us through that play <laughs> specifically? I'm sure it's, yeah. you still remember it vividly. Uh, was oh. that an extra special moment for you doing that in front of all the same people that watched you play in college? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, doing it in the, in the Bengals stadium where I've played at before um, playing in, uh, for the Bearcats. It was amazing, man. I remember breaking through having a clean run at uh, Andy Dalton and he took off to the rights I'm chasing him down. I remember the linebacker um, uh, afterwards, like, give me, give me that. But then we're, we're running back over afterwards. And he's like, man, that was my sack. I was like, man, you got to get there faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, we got to go. Get him, but no, it was, it was great. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and I know, I, I mean, I know you said there was some challenging times with, with all the turnover and everything else, but I mean, spending time, with a franchise uh, is obviously more than just playing football for them. You become involved with teammates. Uh, you become involved with the community off the field. Do you have a particular off-field memory that kind of sticks out to you in Cleveland? Um, I think the biggest one for me, um, I have I, a couple, obviously, but um, I would say it was the community outreach work that I was able to do in my time in Cleveland. Um, every year while I was there, we would um, – 
I, I would uh, adopt two families for, for Christmas. And it, it was a really special moment just being able to, 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 to share that with them and, and have that experience and memory with, with those families. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. We actually do that. Uh, uh, my sister does that every year. Uh, we do a family around here. Um, she, you know, around where we live and she, she has, uh, a big Christmas party every year. There's like a hundred and some people that come to it and everybody contributes to these. Uh, and it isn't just one family. She has like a list of families that she, she, uh, adopts for the season. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do. It's pretty awesome. That's that awesome. you were able to do that every year. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Appreciate it, man. Um, so let's go ahead. You got I, I was just going to ask So obviously, you know, the trip to the NFL is a, a long, arduous journey. Um, you know, was there, a point in your life that you realized like the NFL was a, a reality. Was there a, a coach, a mentor, a parent, someone that kind of put that in your head that, that you had what it takes and kind of when, like when along that, that journey was that for you? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, man. I, um, so along the way, it was always, it's always a thought in every, every athlete's head growing up to play in the national football league. You know, I was that guy that, that kid that dressed up as an NFL player for Halloween. You know what I mean? It was always on my, number one list of goals. Um, but it didn't come a reality, I would say, until my junior year of college. Uh, we had a couple guys that were highly touted coming out of uh, coming out of college and, you know, uh, NFL scouts were coming to see them. And my coach was like, hey, pick it up, man. You know, like they're, they're, they're here to see you too. They've been asking about you. And that was like the first glimpse of like, the okay, this could, this could, I could really make it here, you know? So. Awesome. I, I wish I would have heard that one time, but I, I, I never did. <laughs> for most of it, the I game was, definitely step, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't that good. The game outruns most of us. Um, but yeah, so uh, no, let's shift gears here just a little bit. Um, you know, I, you spent a decent amount of time in the NFL. Uh, you were with several different teams and kind of with that in mind and everything that you saw, all the turnover in Cleveland, as you mentioned, um, what advice do you have for current players, especially the younger guys as they're kind of getting situated and getting started in their careers? Um, I would say for those guys um, to always um, remember that it's a kid's game, right? I feel like we, as, as, as NFL players, you get kind of consumed with how the magnitude of the game and how big it all is in the NFL and, playing in front of these huge crowds, but you've been doing the same thing since you were a kid playing in front of 15 people in front of your parents. You know what I mean? So it's all about just remembering where you're at and, and what you're doing and also just, you know, loving the game. You know what I mean? It's, it's a short time that you get to play this. And as you guys know, it's a small window. So being able to embrace that moment and live it in the moment. So. Yeah. And for people that don't play football, they don't, I, I don't think they realize if you've never played football, just about every person that has that I've talked to looks back at it as one of the best times in their oh, entire a, life. So lifelong love. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you can't replace that feeling. Um, so no and great I, insight. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say one more quick thing about that. I um, advice, Matt also majoring in the minors. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's about it's everyone's strong and fast in the league. Right. So it's about being good at the little things. Right. So majoring in the minors, I, I considered myself a student of the game when I played. So it was about being the best block release, the best pursuit to the ball, like all the little things I wanted to be the best at. Yeah. That's another good piece of advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, like I said, great insight, always fun to hear stories from former players, especially former Browns. Um, but I do know that for most guys, uh, they get this sort of second life after football and they kind of get into their uh, second career, if you will. So, um, and that's not always something professional. It could be personal. Can you tell us uh, what you're up to today um, and kind of what's going on in your life? 
Yeah, so I'm actually about three months away from graduating barber school. I'm uh, going to be a barber. I actually uh, own a barber studio in Gahanna. I opened it about four years ago, so I kind of did it backwards, right? <laughs> I got the shop first, and now I'm getting, getting the license, but um, I'm really excited about it, man. I've always had a passion for cutting hair. It's always been a, a, a fun thing for me to do. I've been doing it since high school, so yeah. No, I mean, you know, sometimes people take different routes, but as long as the destination's the same, you're all, you're all good. Oh, yeah. So, so, so what, was the, what was the initial draw towards that for you? Uh, it was going to the barbershop and kind of fall in love with the culture first, right? So it was about me going in the shop, like, hanging out, and it was a cool kind of atmosphere environment for me to be in. I was, I was you know, whatever, and then... When I got older, I was in high school. I was like, oh, man, let me let me try to find the guy that needs the hair. You know, that guy that just always looks rough and never has a haircut. I'm like, if I can take him and make him look good, I'm going to have business. Right. <laughs> and that's how it all started. But I mean, yeah, it, it, it started like that as a, as a fun thing to do, then turned into a passion, man. I ended up cutting all my teammates uh, in college. And uh, yeah, it kind of kind of, you know, snowballed from there. So there's been something you've been interested in a while then. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And and then it's funny because the barbering industry has really taken off in the past, I'd say, like 10 years. So it's kind of cool for me to be at this point in it now that, you know, I'm here. So well, well, can, yeah, can, can we move your town closer to Cleveland? Because I'm in search of a new barber here <laughs> soon. So hey, it does seem like it does seem like. Barbershops and just in general it has become more about the experience. Like the a lot of places have like a flat screen TVs and just different like some about bars and things. Like is oh, that yeah. kind of do you have is that kind of how your place is set up now? Uh, not so much. It's it's really geared on the experience though. So we're like a, a family oriented shop that's big on um, the, the customer experience, right? Making sure you have a great experience from A to Z, right? From the very beginning when you. Uh, book till the end when you're, you're writing your, your great review. Right. So awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good. And then, um, you know, I, I, I've heard, uh, that you're, you're soon to have, I think it's your third child. Is that correct? I know Kenny and I yes. are recent, recent, uh, new dad. So, uh, shout Congrats, out to, it's, uh, it's a you for that. do you want to, you want to shout out anybody? Yeah. Shout out my beautiful wife for, for having, having our third, uh, third baby, man. I'm extremely excited. Little boy, so we'll, we'll see. Congrats! All right, so what are you up to? You got you got a boy. Uh, how, do you have more boys, or is it? Yeah, so I have, I have a nine year old boy, uh, two year old daughter, and then I have my newborn boy. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Appreciate I would just it. say that you're an incredibly tough man, which we we know that you're big John Hughes, but <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I'm I'm pulling my hair out already and we're only two months in. So uh, congrats <laughs> it's, to you. It's, it's, it's a process you got, you got to lean into. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I think we're probably all in agreement that the first six months is probably the toughest. And then after that, it gets a little bit, a little bit easier. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. Most, de- most definitely agree with that. The first six, man, you got, you got to figure it out. <laughs> um so uh one more thing here are you still involved with the game at all um not so much um as as i was i uh and it was coaching the first two years when i got out of uh when i retired um at my uh my high school at Gahanna lincoln and um after that i kind of took a step back from football just to be a dad be a family man and um and raise my kids so 
No, and, you, and I, you know, I think for a lot of people, that's actually the the best thing you could possibly do. There's nothing uh, more important uh, in a child's life than to have, uh, you know, their parent there for them. So Most great, that's a, you know, great thing for you to do. Um, and then uh, kind of changing gears here, uh, I just want to get back a little bit to the time that we're all going to get to share on the open ocean. Um, a couple amazing stops along the way in March of 2024. So let's talk about some of the things that everyone should look forward to on the inaugural Browns fan cruise here. So um, first of all, what is the event or activity that you yourself are most looking forward to? Man, I, I can't say it's a specific activity or event. I'm, I'm really excited to meet all meet all the new people and, and really get to hang out with my teammates again. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready for a good time on the, on the boat, man. Um, saw, saw a couple of the destinations, man. I'm excited about the Bahamas. Never been, heard a lot of great things and pretty excited to experience it for myself. So, yeah, I, I know, uh, the, the, uh, Bahamas and Jamaica are the two, uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big fan of beaches in general, but I'm also, uh, pretty clear and I'm probably going to get really burnt. So that's the part that I'm not <laughs> looking forward to. Um, but, uh, what event or activity do you think that the fans, uh, should be most excited about? Oh man. I, so the signings are going to be great, man. And I know the guys are going to be excited to, to, um, to hang out with the, uh, everyone and sign autographs uh, and just the meet and greet, you know, there's, there's always that, that rope in between us and the fans. So we get to, to, um, to hang out and really get to know each other. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like you said, uh, you know, we'll be instead of that, that rope blocking everybody off, they'll be able to get right in there, shake your hand, say hi, those types of things and, and show their, their true appreciation for, you know, everything you did as a Cleveland Brown. Um, but I also know that there is a competition for the Browns backers organizations out there. So let me just go over some of, uh, the things that the winning chapter will get the chapter with most bookings. will get an all expenses paid balcony cabin for two. On the Browns fans on the Browns fan cruise, the chapter with the highest members to bookings ratio also gets an all expenses paid ocean view cabin for two. Uh, all members of the winning chapter will receive a specialty dining pass for two guests, and all members of the winning chapter will receive a Browns fan cruise commemorative Cleveland Browns autographed football. Um, so with that in mind, and all these guys, uh, all these Browns backers groups fighting for who's going to be the best and who's going to have the most bookings, um, do you have anything you want to say to Browns backers across the nation and across the world for that matter, uh, specifically? Yeah, hey, hey, Browns, Browns backer chapters, man. I, I love everything you guys do, man. I remember going to all the different appearances throughout my career, man, and, and how excited you guys were, man. You guys do an amazing job, and this is an event you don't want to miss. Um, this cruise is going to be amazing. And it's the first one you have a chance to be a part of history, man. You know what I mean? Like this is a, it's a big deal, man. I'm excited about it. It's gonna be a great time. Absolutely. And with that, do you have any final words for the rest of Brown's nation? Uh, just here we go. Brownies. Here we go. Brownies. Love it. There we That's go. what I like to hear. So, yeah. um, and I guess final question here, Kenny. Yeah, just um, you know, obviously we're at the, the start of the season here. Do you have any thoughts, uh, expectations for this Browns team? Man, I expect us to get this AFC North. Man, I'm, I'm excited about what this team is bringing to the table, and I feel like that's the first standard you got to set is winning your conference, man. So I, I feel like we're going to do it, man. And I'm expecting biggest things from this team this year. Hell yes. yes. If if we win the uh, AFC North, this is going to be one hell of a Browns cruise. <laughs> let me tell you. And if we don't, it's still going to be one hell of a Browns cruise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good no matter what. 
the Browns. Uh, but no, thank. <laughs> I was going to say my my yeah. wife's a Bengals fan, unfortunately. So it'll, it'll be a great time for me and my household. So. John, what are we gonna do about that? How come you haven't converted her yet? Yeah, it's been man, it's 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 tough, man. Her dad's a Browns or Bengals fan, so it's it's one of those things, man. (laughs) Siri's talking in our in our headphones here, Uh but that's okay. Uh, No, no, we really appreciate you joining us, uh, John. It's been a pleasure. We've had such a great time, um, and we really can't wait to see you on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I had a great time, too. Thanks. Thank you. Big John Hughes. I'm John Hughes, and you're listening to Burning River Sportscast. Go Browns. Man, Big John Hughes, huh? Big John Hughes, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Big big gulps, huh? Yeah. Uh, Uh, No, it was great talking to John Hughes. That was fantastic, man. um, Probably my favorite part about what we do. Is talking to alum. Eh, maybe the Browns back. Well, it's probably the alum. <laughs> uh, sponsor chicks. Um, yeah, that too. We get paid. Look, John Hughes. He's big. He's, he's big. Uh, John Hughes is a rock star. John Hughes coming on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise. Uh, you should too. Uh, big John Hughes is not as big as he once was, but he's as big once as he ever was. Big John Hughes rhymes with Cleveland Browns fan cruise. <laughs> That's true. Come and meet Big John Hughes on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise. I am basically Eminem lately. Yeah. All right. So that takes us to the week two preview. Wow. Guys, it's here. We've got the Steelers this week. It just uh, football season is here, and it feels different. It does feel different, and there's another division matchup already. Two weeks, two division matchups. There's another one coming two weeks from now. So three of the first four weeks are division matchups. Yeah, oh yeah. This is great. This I'm is fantastic. So excited. All right. So Kenny, do you have any uh, matchup previews or opposition research, or am I just going to get into some of the stuff here that I have? Um, here's the thing. Uh, Kenny Pickett sucks. <laughs> That's fair. He's old two gloves McGee over there. Needs to. <laughs> <laughs> he's. He's really bad. Pittsburgh fans are kidding themselves if they think he's any good. Um, Najee Harris is a poor man's Najee Harris. Um, and <laughs> I don't know what that George, George really got bone going over there. George Pickens is the only bright spot on that team. Um, yeah, their defense is okay. He's but, a receiver. He can only do um, so much. Yeah, I mean, if you have a quarterback that's as ass as Kenny Pickens, look, this, trash. this team is just absolute trash. Um, wow. I think this might be, this is going to be the year of Mike Tomlin's first losing record with a team. And then um, they'll probably fire him like a bunch of idiots and then yeah. it'll be much easier for us going forward yeah and then we can hire them we'll be great yeah so i guess uh but um yeah they're gonna have a losing record this year it all starts with the quarterback because he's bad there's nothing trash. else really redeeming on their roster except for a mediocre defense um to me i just think this is a matter of whether or not the browns play up or down to their competition i think they showed in week one that they're plenty good enough to beat this Pittsburgh Steelers team that is not very good. So if this game is close, um, or this game is in trouble, or they lose, then they let this one get away from them and they have no one to blame but themselves. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So with that, let's go ahead and I do have a couple position matchups that I want to highlight here. Uh, first off is the Browns O-line versus the Steelers D-line. Here's, here's the reason I highlight this. TJ Watt is a problem. Um, in our O-line, in order for us to keep keep pushing along and, and, and uh, stay efficient, they got to keep Watson clean, and they got to pave the way for Nick Chubb. And uh, if TJ Watt's back there uh, fucking shit up, that's going to that's gonna be tough. Wow. 
Um, I know it's not the injury report yet, but we're not there yet. What are you doing? But this is important because it's true. It is along with your position matchup, which is Browns offensive line versus Steelers defensive line. Uh, Browns lost Conklin for essentially the year with a torn ACL. Yep. Um, and Kim Hayward is now also out for several weeks with, I think a groin strain. So, so um, two of the best players on either one of those lines is now missing in action this week. True. They, I mean, it's a positive for us in the Cam Hayward front, but uh, Dwan Jones uh, is going to be stepping in for. Um, oh, I love you, some Dwan Jones for Conklin. So it's gonna, it's it's pretty cool that this early in the season we get to see the rookie and what he's made of. So uh, next up on on matchups, I got the Browns. We're gonna flip it to the other side. I got the Browns defensive line versus the Steelers offensive line. Um, and just because the Browns defensive line needs to continue to feast, needs to continue putting the pressure on. Uh, if we get after Kenny Pickett, he's going to throw lots of pickets. He's going to throw so many pickets. Um, so it's going to be a battle in the trenches, and whoever comes out on top, I think, wins this game fairly easily. Um, and I think it's going to be the Browns. But we're not there yet. So uh, as a team, the Steelers, they have an 0-1 record. We're still early in the season. Uh, they are coming off a terrible loss to the 49ers where the entire team looked listless and pretty much like shit. Uh, so all of Schittsburg's hopes and dreams are looking bleak now as they come back to earth with their Kenny Pickett optimism. Or don't. They still might think he's the second coming. Um, but the Browns are the better team, and they should win this game. Did you call them the Forney Niners? Like the Horny Niners? Like Forney. I, I don't think I did, but maybe I did. 49er, 69er? Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, but that takes us to the injury report. <laughs> oh, let's do this again. Uh, pause for sound effect. No, we don't need to. Cam Hayward. You've got to. It's Tech Mobile. <laughs> it takes us to the injury report. <laughs> Tech Mobile sounds are so good. Uh, Browns lose Jack Conklin for the year with an ACL. Steelers <laughs> lose Cam Hayward for up to several weeks with a groin injury. I'm glad you already did that. <laughs> the injury report before we got there. I tried to stop you, but you didn't. Uh, um, literally, the, there, there, there's nobody else really listed right now. I mean, this is... Uh, it's Juan Thornhill one. missed last week. Well, Juan Thornhill missed, back. but he's supposed to be back this week. So Jedrick Wills got x-rays for some reason, and nobody knows why, but he, oh, they, maybe oh, he's okay. If they, if they x-rayed his brain, hopefully they found <laughs> it inside. Um, hopefully he has a brain. He still is the worst part of that offensive Turn line. style. Turn style. All right. So next up here, uh, Kenny, do you have a player to watch in this game? You ever been to the subway in New York City? No, like toll, I've never been to New York City. Like the toll booth thing nope. where you get to go on the subway? I've, I've done that in Chicago. Jedrick Wills is not even the turnstile. He's just the guy that sits in front of the turnstile and watches you scan your ticket. <laughs> and, he, and he just turns the gate open. He's just like, here you go. Yeah, come on. I'm not even going to stand in the way. Come on, right over here. Take a seat. <laughs> Take a seat. Uh, <laughs> so who is your player to watch? Oh, God. Um, look, I think um, my player to watch for this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers is... I wish I could, I wish I could pick someone different. I just it's it's Deshaun. I you know I'm hoping for better weather, especially early in the season, um, because I just need to see him play well at some point That's fair. here. Um, I wish I could pick anyone else right now, but the offense was just so lackluster in week one. And I think, again, there were a thousand reasons why that game kind of went the way it did. Um, I know Nick Chubb is going to show up and show out. Um, Deshaun, though, needs to improve over what he did in week one to, to I think, alleviate any 
remaining anxiety for Browns fans that Fair. we yeah. may have question marks at the quarterback position. Uh, and then I, I texted you during a game. I said, everybody's going to blame the rain on this, uh, you know, for the, the lackluster performance in week one. And I even told you, I said, I'll probably be one of them. Well, I'm going to say I, I chalk it up to the rain because just because of how bad both quarterbacks looked in that game. Um, and I know uh, Burrow's dealing with an injury, but I think the rain uh, came down a lot harder than anyone expected. And I think like even down to like equipment guys weren't ready for it. So it was apparently uh, a monsoon. Yeah. So Bone Man, who's your player to watch this week? All right. So I had so much disdain. For Cade York, that I uh, immediately <laughs> fell in love with Dustin Hopkins. And, <laughs> you did. And, uh, you called him the truth <laughs> the last time you were on. He just took all my anxiety away this past week, and I want a repeat. So just, you're you're, just you're to to that. Dustin Hopkins. Yes. Hell yes. I like that. Going I, hard on the kicker. It, Zach's getting it wins and loses. Bone games. Man's getting hard for the kicker and going hard on the kicker. Bone <laughs> Bone doesn't watch the rest of the game. He's just like, no. call me when it's time yeah. for an extra point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Uh, and for go ahead, go ahead, Bone. No, I, it, every kick he made this this past weekend was dead nut center. Dead like, nut dead center. Nuts, even sense. even if Cade York made a field goal, it was <laughs> like almost hit the pole to the left every time. Yeah, and it it was just nice. You ain't, you ain't lying. You were definitely on the edge of your seat watching Cade York kick. Uh, for me, the player to watch is Dewan Jones. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, he is going to get the start for Jack Conklin. Um, and he will be lining up across from TJ Watt the entire game. That's a really tough matchup for a rookie. So if there's any way for the Steelers to pull out a victory in this one, I think it's because TJ Watt causes a ton of problems against Dewan Jones. But Dewan Jones is uh, big Thanos. So he's going <laughs> to stop him. Uh, he's going to surprise everybody, and he's going to cement his place as the new starting right tackle, even when Conklin comes back, and that'll be a, uh, somebody that probably moves in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine Conklin coming back at this point. Look, I like Jack Conklin. I think he's done a ton of good here. Um, you know, I wish him all the best. He was... Uh, um, certainly a centerpiece of that line for as long as he's been here, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. Um, and let's hope we caught lightning in a bottle with Dewan Jones. I mean, he's a big, big dude, and I'm excited to watch what he uh, and see what he does. Lightning in a bottle. Nah. All right, so do you know what what it's time for? Dewan Jones? No, well, yeah, but do you know? Do you know? This is, this is big. Oh, uh, no. It's time for King of the North. King of the North. This is the best sound in the game. Oh, yeah. So good. All right, so King of the North is off to a fantastic start this year. Um, I just want to remind everybody that I won King of the North last year. I am the Tom, King of the North. Thomas Shelby. I'm the King of the North. Uh, and Kenny really, really is really, really bad at picking AFC North games. Um, probably the worst I've ever seen. He's wow. pretty much trash. Um, and he's off to last place this season already, so that's always exciting. Uh, Bone Man's <laughs> keeping pace with me uh, at three and zero. What can I say? I'm undefeated. I I really get at this. You're going um, down this week, sucker. <laughs> okay. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's games in the AFC North. Uh, well, there's only two of them because we all play each other. Uh, so first up, we got Baltimore at Cincinnati. Kenny, who do you got? 
Um, look, I, I think there's some serious concern still around Joe Burrow's ankle. Um, I don't think it'll be a, a monsoon again this week, but I still don't think he's 100%. Um, and I think, like we've talked about before, Cincinnati's just not that good of a football team without Joe Burrow. Um, so I think until he proves that he's better on the field, um, I think they're going to have a rough start to this season. Uh, they, do, going, they have started slow the last couple of seasons. Um, despite the fact that Baltimore lost J.K. Dobbins for the year, Ooh, which is brutal. a huge loss again for them um i think that just puts more pressure on on lamar and and he doesn't have to try to spread the ball around and 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 be about it's just going to be on him to win games and i think that's when he's at his best um as evidenced by like every time he's played us and he poops his pants during the game and comes back later and beats us. so um lamar lamar, lamar jackson One of the best stories ever not for us but for for baltimore well i shit my pants and then i still came back and beat the browns i'm calling lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens to beat cincinnati this wow week. okay and bone man who do you got i got baltimore as well Short I, I, simple <laughs> yeah i was gonna say I, I was gonna say something similar to kenny just with lamar i think he's gonna he's gonna shit on cincinnati oh wow he's actually instead of uh, shitting his pants he's gonna shit on cincinnati got it uh, <laughs> <laughs> skyline chili baby yep and i'm gonna go against the grain of everybody else on the show here and i'm gonna pick cincinnati i think uh, joe burrow bounces back i think he has another week to heal up uh and i think we're gonna see the joe burrow that we're used to um i like cincinnati in this one i don't think baltimore's as good as everyone's saying they are i think uh lamar jackson it's he's, it's a ticking time bomb he's gonna be hurt any day now so um yeah i got cincinnati um, how about just on Sunday, you had Joe Burrow and his $275 million contract, yep. Deshaun Watson and his $230 million contract on the field at the same time, and they passed for like less than 250 yards. Incredible. <laughs> uh, I will say, so I mentioned it a couple shows back, and I just want to point this out. Um, you know, you, you, as you do, because it, it's fair, it's warranted, uh, you give uh, the Browns some shit anytime Deshaun Watson doesn't do what he's supposed to do because he's $230 million fully guaranteed quarterback. I get it. Um, fully warranted. But he is now the third highest paid quarterback in the division. So. He's, he's still the number one highest paid guaranteed contract money quarterback in the NFL. That's fine. But he's still he's the third highest paid quarterback in the division. Uh, Joe, Joe Burrow is only guaranteed $215 million out of that contract. A guy that's been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but... I'm just saying. He's he's been to the promised land. Third highest paid quarterback in the division. He's been to the promised land. Um next up we he's, got he's seen the mountaintop and it is good. That's, that's <laughs> he just wants to get back. I have seen the top of the mountain and it is good. <laughs> nice See? bone bone man with the sounder. <laughs> he knows. Uh so next up we obviously have Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Um we'll start with Bone Man. Bone Man, who do you got? I got the dogs. Cleveland's winning it. I got the dogs. All right. Zach's like, on, on the back of 10 Dustin Hopkins field goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, what, what is your score prediction? Because this kind of tells me how many field goals that you think Dustin Hopkins will, will make. 20 to 10. 20 to 10. So you, yeah, you've got him with uh, two field goals. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right. So 20 to 10 there. Uh, Kenny, who do you got? Hey, look. Here's here's me. Here's the pessimistic Browns fan, right? Um, the Browns haven't given me a reason yet to not like them um, in a game. So I will pick the Browns this week for the dub. I do think um, this is going to be a big offensive game again, hoping the weather cooperates. But I think... Um, 
you know, hopefully Deshaun can get some of those longer throws out. We can see some of that new offense mixed in with a little Nick Chubb to, to balance things out. Um, I got a chubby right now. And I, I think um, I think Cleveland wins this one big because Pittsburgh Ooh, is big. just How so big? bad. Um, I'm going to go 33-7. to seven. Whoa. Nice. Nice. I hope that's what they win. <clears throat> I, I have Cleveland as well. I'm not going to delay this at all i have cleveland and i have them 27 17 so not quite as big of a margin of victory as kenny but uh yeah i think they win pretty easily i I think probably that last score for the steelers is garbage time so uh we all got cleveland winning i'm the only one that picked cincinnati in the other game so we'll we'll see how that all shakes out you're going down sucker um and that takes us to for the land are we still doing this segment (laughs) just relax (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, the Cleveland Guardians are still not good. 68 and 76, they're nearing elimination. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about them. The Cleveland Cavaliers, on the other hand, uh, have no news whatsoever yet because the season hasn't started. Except for they did they did have one thing. Tristan Thompson is returning as a Cleveland Cavalier, which is pretty cool. Great. Um, but they don't start till the end of October. That's when the season starts. So uh, it's, you know, no news uh, other than the Cleveland Guardians are not very good. But it's not all bad. Uh, with the Guardians being out of it and the Cavs a bit away from starting the season, we can focus pretty much all of our energy on the Cleveland Browns. So with that being said, we will probably drop this segment until the Cavs start playing basketball. How many half Kardashians does Tristan Thompson have now? At least one. At least one? Maybe two. Didn't he like impregnate her again? Just to, like, impregnate her. Impregnate is such like a dirty sounding word. Like I impregnated you. Like, <laughs> it's he just did. so weird. He did. It's a weird We've thing. We've all impregnated somebody. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing, you know, to congratulate someone for being pregnant. Congratulations. Like, you're good at having sex. You impregnated her. Yeah. Good job. You just went way to have uh, viable swimmers. Just raw talking it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. And so once again. Uh, please call in to the Burning Over Sportscast Hot Take Hotline. Call in and leave your hot takes on the Hot Take Hotline. 330-227-8080. Tell us how many times you've been impregnated. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. Call now. Operators are never standing by. And be sure to check out our gear. www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. And so, Kenny. That's what, me. What can we expect next week? I'll tell you what we can expect next week. We we will recap the Steelers game. We will preview the Browns' Week Three matchup versus the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Titans, sorry. Uh, interview another Browns backers chapter. One probably from Middle Tennessee. Oh, it is the Middle Tennessee Browns backers. Oh, Smart. You know. Oh. Uh, and we will have also on deck another interview with a Browns alumni that will be joining us talk on Fan Cruise. Fan Cruise um, and everything else. Um, so looking forward to having another great show. We might have a programming note next week based on the fact that the Browns play on Monday night. We'll try to adhere to our every Thursday schedule, but we might have to play that one by ear a little bit. So keep, we'll keep, keep your eyes open for a programming note if we have to bump back a day. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, check us out on social media. Tapping Media is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Tapping Media. And Burning River Sportscast, that's... This podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast, and on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Burning River Pod. And you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And you know what that takes us to, Kenny? Uh, best time of the day. It's time for Facts for Days. Thank you
for this. Thanks. Thanks for this. Uh. <laughs> um. Oh man! Did you guys Best watch- sounder in the game, and then we added to it. <laughs> Did you guys watch all that growing up? Yes. Um, I've been trying to find this. Ooh, wee, wee. I got my ducky in the tub. Yeah, but Keenan also, I swear, and maybe I just have my shows mixed up. I swear, I swear, he played a segment called "Just the Facts," "Just the Facts," man, and he came out with a fax machine, and it would say dumb facts. But I can't find it anywhere. So the like, guy must have imagined it, or it's a different show. Is it is it one of those uh, Mandela effects? Like it, it's, it could be. Like you were imagining him, but it was really somebody else or nobody at all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe my own Mandela effect. It's like who played um, Shazam? If, if, Shaq. Don't even give me. Did it. <laughs> don't even get me started on this wormhole. Um, <laughs> I feel I feel like that was a, a little skit he did, but I wasn't it. I don't know where it's from. Is it from Keenan and Kel? Is that was did they do? Uh, like, might have been on Keenan. No, Keenan and Kel was more of a. All like, that was show. just like skit. Though, so I swear it would. Yeah, have been I think there. it would have been all that. All that. It's but. possible it might have been on like the Amanda Bynes show. Sure, but I just like. Are you it, thinking of Mary Beth? Did Mary Beth do it? No, Mary Beth did not do it. It was Keenan. He was like, ah, just the facts, just the facts, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he carried. I can like see it. He's carrying. He's in a suit and tie. He's carrying. Was a he, he's suit. dressed up like a nerd. Like did yeah. he have? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a pocket protector yeah. and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> if you, if you if anybody can find that, point me to it, please. If you have a pocket protector, you're a nerd, by the way. Because that would be <laughs> that would be the best lead into facts for days outside of our sounder. So anyway, without further ado, facts for days is underways. God, I am just so hot. <laughs> on my on my verbiage lately on my They're rhymage. Like at a preschool level, but I accept what you're. I, I, well, the one last week was not. Uh, no, you can't. I mean, Ramaswamy. You think of one other thing that you can rhyme with Ramaswamy? Go, I can't do it now. Can't. You can't do it, can you? Nope. Uh, vote Ramaswamy, by the way. He's a pretty cool dude. Anyway, um, I don't know. <laughs> we got political here. <laughs> I just like his teeth. Um, <laughs> facts for days. Um, have you ever seen an old photograph? Yeah, why? You ever notice it in old photographs? Um, no one is smiling. No, I know why. Because they had to stay still for the camera, and uh, you couldn't smile. Um, that is part of the lore. Um, <laughs> what else is there? But in the 1840s, it was considered childish to smile for pictures. So it became popular for people to say, prunes instead of cheese in order to keep their mouths taut. Prunes. 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 That's that's the look right there. That's how every old picture looks. And I got this old tiny hat <laughs> to go with it. Hopefully you can see that on the green screen. Number two. Before we had toilet paper. That was a bad time. This was a bad time. Do you know what year toilet paper was invented, by the way? In like the 1920s. Bone. You're the uh, history major. Hmm. 1860. God, 1857. Bone is just all over it. What a... Um, that's fantastic. So it begs the question, up until 1857, what, if anything, did you use to wipe your ass? I don't know, Kenny. Can you tell us? I can. Most people used corn cups. <laughs> I, I've heard this before. Is it because it was ridged for your pleasure? Um, I, I don't know, but uh, by the 1800s, paper was becoming more widely available. And so finally in 1857, a New Yorker named Joseph Gaiety introduced and patented the first toilet paper. He called it medicated paper for the water closet, and his name was printed on every sheet. But before then, you used a corn cob. A corn cob? <laughs> 
Incredible. It <laughs> sounds like it would hurt. I think I'm going to start keeping a corn cob in my bathroom for guests. Sounds dangerous. Once the house is finally remodeled. Um, yeah, we don't use toilet paper in this house. We only use corn cobs. It's green here. We're very green. We're very um, green. And then finally, <laughs> hashtag corn cob. Um, <laughs> Does anyone know the real name for a hashtag? We grew up with it being called a pound sign. Uh, no. Pounds, it's a pound sign. It's a pound okay. sign. It's not a pound sign or a hashtag. It's an octothorpe. Oh, an octothorpe. I did know that. Yeah, I, did, I, did, oh, yeah, I didn't it's know it off the top of my yeah. head, but like, if it was a multiple choice, I probably would have got it. Uh, so next time you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, go ahead and octothorpe the shit out of your posts. Um, octothorpe everything. And Octothorpe corn cob. <laughs> Octothorpe corn cob. Uh, and as always, don't just settle for being a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Octothorpe corn cob. Octothorpe corn cob. Octothorpe corn cob. Octothorpe. Burning of our sports cast. Can you imagine they just had like a basket full of corn cobs? I liked facts for facts for days today. It was, it was a little. More relaxed than usual. You usually, they, usually, you get pretty crazy. You don't they think, dry them out? You don't think putting corn cobs in your butt is crazy? I said it was ridged for your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> They're ribbed, not ridged. Yeah, but corn cobs are ridged. Ribbed. Does not sound pleasurable. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> ribbed is this one was, thing. This was corn cobs that you've you've already eaten all the corn off it, right? Is that, <laughs> that is a corn cob. Yeah. yeah. How do you know? Like, if you get corn coming out, like if how do you know? <laughs> whether it was from the corn cob or from you? <laughs> how do you know? Burning river sports cast. <laughs> Burning river. Burning river. That's what we talk about? Burning river. Burning river sports cast. I got bigger pieces of corn in my crop. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, friends. Browns fan crews and the Burning River Sports Cast. What better combination could you possibly think of? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? You motorboat, son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. And everybody should be 69. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think. Wow. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> By the way, I want my foreskin back. <laughs> we all do. What is this? A second for ants! What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I have seen the top of the mountain, and it is good. Erroneous! Erroneous on both counts! Maybe he's okay. If they, if they x-rayed his brain, hopefully they found it inside. Where's Logo Girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to a schoolboy. Play. You just straight just finger bang their salad. <laughs> what? <laughs> you first get shocked, and then you get the shocker. <laughs> Type in media. Today's episode was brought to you by Topath Rum. Topath Rum, silver rum made from the highest grade molasses, distilled three times in a copper pot still. This rum is designed to be the backbone of a great cocktail. So good you can drink it by itself. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and online in 46 states. Topath Rum. 
Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns!